You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. One thing was clear um, that the Lord wanted to do for us as a church on Sunday using um, Pastor Law is to make us take cognizance of our highly privileged position. Praise the Lord. The believer is highly, highly, highly privileged. We, 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 are, we are to be, to be envied. We are to be admired. And because oftentimes we lose, we lose um, sight of this truth, we behave in ways that are not good for us and are not representative of the kingdom. Okay, I believe we read um, Ephesians 2, and um, we read from verse 1. Let's read from verse 1 as we go on now. We read, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the earth, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7 and I stop. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We also read the Colossians um, Colossians 3, from verse 1, just three verses, we'll, we'll read that. He says, um, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. From here, we saw that we're not just sitting in heavenly places anywhere. It's at the right hand of God. He says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For we died and our lives are now or is now hidden with Christ in God. Praise the Lord. As, as the, the word came and as I continued to meditate on it, what kept coming to me that the Lord was saying to us is that we must become mindful, mindful, conscious of the position that he has placed us in. Very important. And um, nothing captures it like the illustration, you know, Pastor Lord gave us on Sunday as well, about somebody in a transparent, you know, um, glass box. And inside of this box, you can see through. So from there, you can see both the good things of the world, and you can also see the dangerous things of the world. Now, if you are in this box and you don't appreciate the 
benefits of being there. The man with the, the, um, the RPG or whatever, or with even ordinary um, bow and arrow, who is trying to shoot at you, you know he can't get you as long as you're in the box. But you see, if you don't appreciate the safety and the protection that is in that box, and come out from the box to get puff-puff, what is going to happen? Everything that could not reach you begins to reach you. And unfortunately, that's where many Christians are. Because you read the scriptures and you see what it says. And then you find out that it's not like our experience. Why? Because like we also reminded, you know, from two, last Wednesday, that when we come to God or when God, you know, places us in a position, he does not bind us. The Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. God, there is no binding in God. There is liberty. So, God, having made this wonderful provision for us, does not tie us to it. He expects us by understanding, by knowledge, by appreciation, to remain there. Praise the Lord. But because of the way he operates, and because the devil is a liar... He would now come and entice us and get us out of that place where God has placed us in. And then we begin to suffer in situations where we shouldn't suffer. Cast your mind back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1-2. God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let this man have dominion. You see, the truth is this. When you look at that, Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28 down... You imagine, can anything be better? Can anything be better? Someone brings you to an organization. He's the chairman CEO. He said in this organization, I now make you the MD, executive director. I will do nothing in this organization unless you do it. Whatever you say, have dominion, run it. Will you steal from that organization? Do you understand? God created the world and step back and say to man, have dominion. The only thing he said is, in this organization, eh, this office, please don't ever use it. Let it be the one I use when I come. That's all. You can create new offices. You can build a new edifice and recreate the same thing. I don't have a problem. Just this office, leave it for me so that when I come, I will use it. And then the other staff in the office will be telling, ah, the chairman knows that the day you enter that office, you will become babagon. Hmm? Are you getting it? Now, what do you want to enter the office to achieve? You have already been made baba. What are you going there? And that's why we call what happened at the beginning. We call it the fall. Have you ever noted that whenever he talked about Adam and he said when they fell, when man fell? Why? Because it was the same thing. They were in a position. God had placed them in a position, in a high position. Everything we see Christ doing is a restoration of what was done at the beginning. Adam and Eve had been given a position. Let us make man in our image. Let's bring him to our level. Let them have dominion. And then the Bible says God will come in the cool of the day and do what? And fellowship with this man. It was a place for him and man. In heavenly places, though it was at, it was a place, a position. But now what happened, which is what we need to, you know, take from Sunday mainly, 
is that when the serpent came in Genesis chapter 3 and began to speak to Eve, there was something very you know, critical that was missing there. The serpent said to Eve, the day you disobey God, you will be like God. That's the simple thing he said. Now, you see how crazy that sounds to you. Praise the Lord. You see how stupid it sounds. Has God said anything? Is there, did God tell you anything, you know, that I need to know? And Eve said, well, God has said we should eat of everything. Is that the only thing God said? Didn't God say have dominion? Didn't God say name the animal? Isn't everything working like he said? The Bible says whatever Adam named them, that was his name. Have dominion. You say, okay, son, you know, this way, whatever it was. And things were working. So when the serpent came and asked the question, why was it that the only thing Eve could say God said was you shall not eat one? In fact, she even magnified, shall not eat of. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Okay? Now then the serpent was able to say, you shall not die. You will not surely die. That conversation was not necessary. Has God said anything? God has blessed me. Has God said anything? God has been good to me. Praise the Lord. Now what this is, is a classical case of luring someone out of that glass protection. And you know what is going to bring us out of it? Our eyes. The meditations of our heart. Because if all the while Eve was not thinking, what is even in that fruit that they say we shouldn't eat it? It would not have come up here. What I want us to focus on is this. is what the Bible was doing in this Ephesians. We looked at Ephesians chapter 1 on Sunday as well. Come back to it again. Let, let's see. I would like to start from verse 1. It might be long, but this is Bible study. This is what it says. Paul, an apostle... Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Why is he putting this as an intro? To settle it that there is nothing that needs to be added. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who will bless me? No. Who has what? Blessed me with a few things. What did he bless me? With every, 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 every. It's a place of contentment. It's a place of fullness. A place where, you know, you see, this thing uh, uh, we learned on some, being sitting. There are some places you sit in. You won't even want to be, you're hungry. This one, um, even not pressed, you're even hungry. You won't go for food. You just want to sit down there. The sweetness of the position. Praise the Lord. So he said, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, look, look at what he goes. Go down to four, he says. He said, just as he did what? chose us in him 
Follow what the Spirit of God is doing in this place. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now look at this. He chose us in Him when? It wasn't a, sec- a secondary decision. It wasn't an afterthought. He chose us in Him. So I want you to shut your eyes for a second and say, God chose me before this whole thing started. Do you understand? These are some of the things. No matter what you're going through, it's not something that they're saying, okay, can God? No. God has a plan. He said to Jeremiah, before I formed you, you know, I I think it was this morning or yesterday, I can't remember. I was praying and I, I just, I was rejoicing. And what was giving me joy? I realized that I was born in 1969. Praise God. November. So that means they conceived me in 69. So I was imagining, so in 1968, God knew me. You don't get it. 1967, God knew me. He said, before I formed you, I knew thee. And then he says, you have not chosen me, but I have what? So it means God looked at his uncreated children, unborn children, and said, you are, come, this is the time to introduce you. Just as he chose us in him before. Intentional premeditated. Are you getting it? it, it, it and, and the word choice, one of the areas the enemy attacks many Christians is you're not accepted, you're not chosen, you're not good enough, this and that. But he says he chose me without pressure. He wasn't, you know when you're under pressure, you quickly pick something. Before the world began. Praise the Lord. Now, now, these are the things the Lord is saying to us. Because that seat we talk about is a reserve seat. I remember, I think it was in a movie. I've not been to see any president before. But if you have an appointment with the American president, they almost tutor you for two days. If five minutes with the president, they will take time to prepare you how you will behave in those five minutes. I think in this particular movie, they, they told the man, don't go for your pen. If you go for pen, they might shoot you. Oh, yes. There are behaviors you can't, you know, you won't even ask to use restroom. No matter what is going on. Do you understand? The protocols of being in the presence of the president for five minutes, they will tutor you. There are some expressions you can't, there are some moves. You can't put your hand, no, if, go like this, go like this. You, 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 you have yourself to be blamed. Do you understand? <laughs> There are things you can't do, you know. It's, it's only our president, um, uh, when, when Good Luck was president, that you see a president that people will greet like this. Come to uh, Trump and do like this. They'll think that you want to strangle him. Before you get close to him, something might happen. <laughs> but I think Good Luck also used to greet like this. You saw the way. Mm, that's the way he greets people. You know, they didn't uh, remove it from him before he got there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, choose us in him before, before. So, wherever you are today, sir, wherever you are, my sister, wherever you are, my brother, understand how God thought you out. Before, you're not a last, you know, last uh, attempt to just fill up something. No, no. Look at the next verse. Verse 5 says, having predestined us. What is happening here? He's talking about before. 
predestined us to adoption as sons. He planned it. He looked at you and said, this one I will save. This one will be my son. This one will be my daughter. Okay? By Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure, you know, he goes on and on. There is just so much to it. So much, so much. But, but let me jump. Let's go to 15. Verse 15 says, now this is Paul writing here now. He says, therefore, we've learned here that when you see therefore in the scriptures, what should you do? You should find what is therefore. Let me tell you why this is here. He says, therefore, I also, after, therefore, based on verse 1 to 14, okay? I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks to you. One, I'm thanking God for your salvation. That's one. Then the second thing I do is that I make mention of you eh, in my prayers. What am I praying for you for? Now listen. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So they are saved. Praise God. They are born again. He says, Father, hallelujah, thank you. And then he goes to the same father and says, please, Lord, give them the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation. A few weeks back, we learned here that there is necessity for what? Spiritual understanding. Why? Because I come and I see that somebody has given you a gift. And this gift is $1 million. Praise the Lord. And you're holding the gift. I'll say, ha, hallelujah. You can stand up so they see. Hallelujah, they've given you this gift. But then what do I do now? Because I know you don't know what this thing contains. You don't know the capabilities. You don't know the value. You don't know the functions. Praise the Lord. Now, what do I do if I love you? I'll now begin to pray that this gift you have, you will have what? Understanding. You will have knowledge. You will have the wisdom. Wisdom is right application of knowledge. Why does that have to happen? Because if it doesn't happen, you will hold a $1 million gift and be suffering one naira problem. Are you getting what is happening here? So Paul says, therefore, knowing from verse 1 to 14 that these things are settled, when I heard of your faith, I said hallelujah. But I didn't stop there. I began to pray that you will know what you have. Believers don't know what they have. If we knew, if we had understanding of what it means to be a believer. That's why you understand why the Bible keeps telling us meekness. Because you will be doing too much, Shakara. And meekness is not that you're poor. Meekness is that having all that you have, you control yourself. The believer must not envy anybody. You're too blessed. You're too positioned. You're too loved. You're too accepted. You're too exalted. You're too settled. You, you, you see, you're, you're just, it's too much. So Paul says, I'm praying that you will have what? Spirit of wisdom and revelation. This thing, so that you can enjoy this thing that you have. Praise the Lord. Go on, let, let's see what he says there. It says that the eyes of your understanding might be what? Enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding? He's still talking about what we have. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who what? Believe. Now, he puts the word according. That word according is to do something. It's to show us what is like. Praise the Lord. Now, what is the according telling us now? It says, according to the working of his mighty power, which 
which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. What's he saying here? He's saying the thing that I've worked in you is exactly like what I did in Christ. Praise the Lord. It's exactly what I accomplished in Christ. I raised him from the dead and I set him far above principalities and powers, okay? And put all things where? Under his feet. That's where we are. But you see, you don't know. You don't appreciate. You don't know how to walk it. You can't experience it. These things have taken place. But there needs to be a tutoring to enter into it. You have to gather up the loins of your mind. This is settled. So Paul is praying, Lord, let them know. Let them know. Let them know. Open their eyes. Give them understanding. Give them wisdom. Help them to know so that they can see. And he said, this thing he did in you is as effective, is as capable as what he did in Christ. This is what every believer has. This is what every Christian has. This is what we all have. Seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So that's what we're being told on Sunday. Now, what is the Lord saying to you and I today? Very important. One of the key things I want us to take from today's meeting is that when you go home and read that Ephesians 1, I think we may have mentioned it here, you still, you see something running through. Everywhere you're going to see in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Have you ever asked yourself why? In Christ, in Christ, you'll be seeing in Christ. In Christ. You know, I thought someone would have even asked a question. How do we even get seated there in the first place? Which is very simple. He is the one that has what? Raised us there. But when he brought us there, he didn't sit us on our own. We never sat on our own. Everything we have in heavenly places, we have it where? In Christ. We have it in Christ. The word in is a very significant word. I think we've tried to deal with it here. It indicates place. It indicates state. It indicates experience. It's a grammatical word indicating that something or somebody is within or inside something. Now, what it means, sirs and mas, brothers and sisters, is that if I am in Christ, it is taken for granted. Okay? That when you're in him, you have no need to do what? To bother about anything again. Because everything will work out. Now, but let me tell you how this thing is now. In Christ, is like saying, I want to go to Lagos. Praise God. I have several options to go to Lagos, but I need to get to Lagos as fast as possible. So what are the options? I can trek to Lagos. It might take me maybe a month. Okay? I can decide to ride, you know, bicycle to Lagos. I could decide to do Kekenapeb. I could decide to go by um, a vehicle, which at least maybe... 10 hours, 11 hours, I'll be in Lagos. But the fastest way to get to Lagos is what? It's by flying. Now, it now comes to, can I fly? I can fly, but I can walk. Now, the difference between in Christ and out of Christ, begin to imagine flying and walking to Lagos. But it gets more interesting. How easy is it to fly in an aircraft to Lagos? How is it? To f- no, no, get the question. To fly in an aircraft to Lagos. How easy it is? It's easier than walking. Huh? 
It's easier than walking. To fly in, in, I'm, I'm showing you the word in. To fly in an aircraft to Lagos is actually easier than anything. You sit down, you'll be drinking tea. Praise the Lord. Or juice with meat pie, depending on which airline. Or boring cake. Eh? They'll give you chivita. With cake that will just scatter everywhere. But you just cross your leg. You can even enter and sleep. And then you wake up in Lagos. That's how easy it is to do what? To fly in an aircraft. Now, I want to ask you, how easy is it to fly an aircraft to Lagos? How many of us here can? If you even had the plane, praise the Lord. We know a few people in Nigeria that have planes, Abby. But we know that 99.999 or 110% of them can't even fly their plane to Lagos. Now, this is what he's saying now. When the Bible tells you and I, blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ, it's talking about when you enter him, they fly you. When you're seated in him, things are accomplished with you inside. And it's as easy as being in an airplane. It's as effortless as that. When you are out of Christ, it's as hard as trying to fly an airplane. No, what is like, let's forget license. Whatever, go to this. If you start the school today, when will you finish? Do you understand what he's saying? So when you see the word in, which a lot of believers miss, that is a critical word, in. And that is where the temptation is. All the temptation is to bring you out. Everything is to bring you out, to get you down from that airplane. Because if you don't get inside, if you don't get on board. Now, now let, let me tell you the sweet part. You know, not the sweet part, but the sad part, maybe sad. Is that because the airplane will surely get to Lagos in 45 minutes. People will be clapping, say, ah, the plane will get to Lagos. The plane surely gets to Lagos. That's a part of why people, when people say, we are, we are, we, we, it's settled, it's settled. That's the reservation because the plane will always get to Lagos. But the question is, are you in the plane that is getting to Lagos? So some things in the scriptures are like that. The plane will get to Lagos because Christ, he has won the victory. It's settled, thank you. There's no controversy. Jesus Christ is Lord. But now this is his position. Are you in him to be able to benefit from it? That's another matter. Airpiece flight 727 Abuja to Lagos. It will take off and it will get to Lagos. But is Mr. Koku on board? That's it. So people jump that the flight gets to Lagos. This is what the Christian has. The Christian has it, but the Christian does not have it by his father's last name. The Christian has it by being in Christ. By boarding the plane. That's why the Bible can say labor to enter the rest. So for me, for Mr. Koku to be in the flight, if the flight is nine, he has to wake up, get dressed, praise God, make the trip to what? To the airport. Now, when people say your talking works as against grace, they don't understand. The fact that I drive my car or I take Uber from Wuse to to the airport does not mean that I've arrived Lagos. All that is, there is a labor to enter the plane. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. The labor that I labor to enter the plane has not taken me to Lagos by air. Everybody that drives from Wuse to, to Guagualada does not get to Lagos. So when people say works, they can only prove that you're standing by works if what you did, if everybody does, it gets the same result. But if what I'm doing is I'm doing it to enter into what God has already done, then it means that if my process is not obedience to what he has requested, the aircraft or the airplane, the condition says, you must be at the boarding gate by 30 minutes before boarding. All I'm doing is to comply with the instructions of the people who know how to fly, who have the plane, who have the license, who have the permission. It's not works. I'm only obeying so that I can be in the plane. So when somebody tells you, I'll behave anywhere, it's like somebody getting up from his house and going to Jabi Park and saying, when I get to Jabi Park, I will fly to Lagos. If you get to Jabi Park, you will say, first in to Lagos or young shall grow to Lagos. You can't get there and fly to Lagos. It can't work. That is works. That is doing what you want to do. But when you do what the one who has finished the work, before that day, they have scheduled that flight. And they say for anyone to take advantage of this quick means of transportation to Lagos, this is what you need to do. That is being in Christ. Now, let me take it further. So when you and I come as Christians and come, you know, what begins to happen is very simple. We have one assignment. We have one thing. One, there is only one thing for you and I to do. It is to see, like the, the story of the boy that said to the lecturer, to, to the prof, I will die in the heat. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will die. I'm not opening any window. Say, prof, whatever you say, velocity of the whatever. Uh, ask me how hot I am. I will not open. Now, the fight for you and I as believers is that no matter what happens to us, we must see that we are in Christ. Blessed with every spiritual blessing, in heavenly places, in. The moment I live in, I'm out of it. That's it. Now, somebody may be asking, preacher, what does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean to be in Christ? I'm sure you already know. Okay? You're born again. You already know that. But, but it, it, gets, it gets simpler. I'm in suit now. Am I right? I'm in suit. So what do, do I do? Or what did I do? It means this morning. You know I have kaftan. I didn't see kaftan and wait. And come here and say, by faith, I'm, I'm in suit. What did I do? I jumped the kaftan and put on suit. The Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus. For me to be in Christ, I have to. They say, put off the old man and put on. So there is a consciousness that this Christ that I have to be, what do I do? I put him on. Now, somebody might be asking, which type of clothes is Christ? Let me tell you what type of clothes is Christ. You're in a situation and something comes up. You can lose your temper and scream. The question is this. If you were wearing Christ, 
Will you scream? Uh-huh. So to put on Christ is that instead of shouting, look at you. He said, bless you. What has happened? Christ. You are wearing Christ because if we are wearing our brother, <laughs> you know, you will for slap already. But you see, because you are wearing Christ, he has what? Constrained you. Someone offends you. Okay? And you know what you can do. Praise the Lord. You're a believer. You know what you can do. You can do many things against the person. But you, you now come and you want to do what you want to do. But because you're in Christ, and Christ said, pray for him. I see what is happening here. That, that's what it means to be in Christ. That's what it means to be in Christ. It constrains you. Praise the Lord. That's what it means. It constrains you. Okay? You're somewhere and are cracking some jokes. A movie showing. And, you know, it's exciting and all of that. But you look at it and the Spirit of God says, Can I work that with you? What has happened now? They have told you, Are you willing to put me? Now, if you want to be in Christ in that moment, you know what you do? You turn off. Or you leave. That's what it means being in Christ. Because it's a, it's a constant move. That's why when we're worshipping and saying, Jesus, you're beautiful. If he's beautiful, I'll choose him in every circumstance. There'll be no circumstance that I will choose anything over him. And when we say choosing over him, it's not singing his name. It is doing, he's a person. So picture Jesus by your side. And ask yourself, what would this thing cost me with Jesus, proximity to Jesus? So as I'm passing now, top head that is very mischievous trips me. Now, we're passing. He trips me and I almost fall. Do I leave Jesus here and go back and teach him a lesson? I can do that. When I do that, I have stepped out of him. Praise the Lord. But because I love him and he's beautiful to me, I will look at Tope and say, God bless you. And I continue to go with him. It's being in Christ. As we are going now, I see some things that are very attractive to me. Okay? But I know that these things that are highly esteemed amongst men, they are detestable before Christ. So as I look at it with one look, immediately I remember that I'm with Christ. What happens? My eyes do not go there again because I'm beholding him. That's what it means to be in Christ. I'm following him every step of the way. That is what it is. Now, all that is happening around us has one assignment to bring us out of him. Because the devil knows that when you are out of Christ, you are out of everything. The trials every believer is going through is a trial of will you come out of him? Which is simply saying, will you leave that seat? You're seated there now. Somebody says they want to shoot at you. They can't now. They are, you know, security personnel all around in that high place of authority, making sure that nothing, they are, you know, they are, they are scramblers that will scramble missiles and all of that. Everything is there. So no matter what you see, you remind yourself that this position where I am, what, is the best place, is the safest place, is the most secure place. While you're there, you can see somebody that is, you know, so-called progressing, progressing in his own ways. And the temptation will be, the reason you're not progressing like that person is because of where you're seated. Then you now ask yourself, who is Alpha and who is Omega? Who is the beginning and who is the end? Who is the one who says, having faith and patience? Do you understand? 
This is what it means. It's constant. As you operate in that understanding, let me tell you what begins to happen. You begin to experience what men like Joseph experienced. Joseph was in Christ. His brothers betrayed him. You don't see him harboring animosity, grudge. Somebody here, you are bearing grudge. The, that grudge, when you remember that person, you get angry. Anytime you remember that person, you know what happened? You jump out of Christ. It's not worth it. No matter what the person did to you. I've told us, with what they did to Joseph, if he was not careful, he wouldn't be a good slave. What my mother did to me, what my father did to me, what my brothers did to me, has kept people from fulfilling their potentials. What my country did to me, what one Christian, you know, some people, their own problem is, what one person who said he's a Christian did, because of that, I won't be born again. They don't have understanding. The devil will use any and everything to bring you out of Christ. But understanding what we are learning here, you will not allow nothing, nothing, no created thing. That's why the Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? It says not even death, not angels, not principalities. And those things, when you read them, they're not difficult. The scriptures is very simple. It simply means at every point in time, make sure that you are led of the spirit. So like our brother said at the beginning, it's the spirit that knows your destiny. Do you know that disagreeing to go to bed with Potiphar's wife was a terrible risk that Joseph took? Running away naked as a slave in Egypt. His word against the master's wife. It was like burying every dream he had of anything good. But the one in whom he is seated, or by whom, in whom he is, knows what will lead him to that future. That's where many believers miss it. Like many believers are thinking their ways of rising. And in their pursuit of rising, they step out of Christ. Many times, the way Christ wants to lead you to rise, the flesh will never lead you that way. But the scripture always tells us that way. It says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and what? And dies. Joseph died. It was bad enough he was a slave. A prisoner is worse than a slave. A slave prisoner is worse than a prisoner. He became a slave prisoner. But he was from the same slave prisoner. They didn't just make him free. The day he came out from prison, he did not go to bed a freed prisoner. He went to bed the prime minister. Do you know why? Because he was in Christ. And in Christ, we know that all things. That's where, you see, scripture is sweet. Somebody say scripture is sweet. He said, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. And are called, he said, once you're in him, they slap you, he's working for you. The day they want to lift somebody up, they say, hey, where is that one that they slapped in this office five years ago? And that becomes your distinguishing mark. Because the few other people they slapped replied with punch. But you, they slapped you, you behave like Mumu, you just went to your office. And everybody said, that guy, his own is too much. But that's what stands you out. 
You know why? Because when that slap came, you remember that you were in Christ and you didn't want to step out. Now, very important. You see, the scripture we're looking, it says, far above. Let me tell you another thing the Spirit of the Lord said to teach us today. It said, when you are up, it's easy to fall. Very easy to fall. So we must be careful. The devil is down already. He can't get up. We are far above him. But then effort is being made to bring you down. How many of us have had this experience? You wake up in the morning or some seasons of your life. You say, you just, you know, you're feeling spiritual. Not, you're just, you're feeling God. You want to be close to him. How many of us notice that such days are the days that they will ask you, how, how are you? They will try you from every angle. They will test you everywhere. You know why? You've gone up. Do you know that when you're in a high place, even without anything, something is saying to you for, it's called, um, uh, what's height? Phobia for height. Everybody has it at some point. What has happened is that in the spirit you have gone up. So the devil is saying, ah, how can you just be there for now? They try this side, they don't fall. They, try, they keep trying you. But you see, as you push on, you realize that you get comfortable in that height. And then the next day, you can go higher. But if you fell that day, the next day, you have to still come back to the same place you fell from. Because they want to bring you out of him. They know. See, the devil knows. They know that once you're in him, child of God. Oh. It says, blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in, in Christ. That is what we have. That is where we have. Praise the Lord. So that position is key. That position is key. And, and we, we must never, never lose sight of it. Everything that is happening is trying to bring us out. It happened to Adam and Eve. They, the, all the enemy wanted was bring them out. Put them out of that cover. The temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was the same thing. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Eh, God is pleased with you. Let's see how we can bring you down. If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. It was to bring him out. Okay, now we know you're the son of God. We're not arguing that. And because God says that, he's going to make sure that you do not fall and, you know, break your leg. Now jump so that everybody will see. At least show us something. Jesus knew. He says, no, I can't step out. I'm enjoying what I'm enjoying because of my position. I can't lose that position. That's why you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't endure people who are Christians and are living contrary to God's word and are claiming the promises of God. So I'm a man of God. He can't speak against me. When I'm doing against God, why was he speaking against me? I'm doing against God. I'm disobeying God and I'm threatening you that you're speaking against me. Am I not crazy? The God that I'm trying to claim his protection, I'm disobeying him. When you step out, you're out. Praise the Lord. It's only in Nigeria that positions protect people. It, it, you, you see several countries, China, many. If someone is in an office, he behaves in a manner not suitable to the office. His juniors will come and arrest him. Because that office is an office. There are behaviors that are not suitable for the office. It's only in Nigeria that senator will rape, will do all kinds of things, and still be called honorable. We have no dignity. And then you see the people also have to address him, distinguish, distinguish rapist, 
In better climes, they resign because the person is saying, I've done, some of us may have seen this video, Bangladesh, one of these um, Asian countries, the head of the electricity, power went off. The man set himself on fire. I'm not saying anybody should do that. He set himself on fire because he had promised that power won't go off. Yeah, when power goes off, they'll come and address you and say, it's because you're not paying enough. No shame, nothing. Praise the Lord. So tonight, the Lord is reminding us, we are in a privileged position. And let no devil, let no situation, let no trial make us to come out. And this coming out can be as easy as what we say. What we say sometimes is not even complex. God has made a promise to you. God has, you know, told you some things. And then you go through a situation. And the devil says, can't you see? Say, in fact, this belief, I'm tired of believing. I'm not waiting. What have you done? He says, as you have spoken in my hearing. That's why the temptation is coming. So he can speak wrongly. Job, what kept Job from dying? He did not trust God. The wife said, the position where you are in now, just forget this thing. Just curse God. Notice she didn't say curse God and God will kill you. She said curse God and what? You know why? Because if he curse God, devil will kill him. God had won the devil. You can't touch his life. But when he curses God, the devil who is the unpaid police officer of, of the world will kill him. Why are you cursing God, you stupid man? Don't you know he's God? Curse God and do you understand? It's, this is he said, just come out. It's not cause God and God will kill you. No, it's cause God and you will die. And the devil was waiting. Cause him and you die. So I don't believe in this thing. I'm not waiting for God again. I'm not. Don't say it to praise the Lord. If we have said it, there is forgiveness. Praise the Lord. There is mercy. These are the things we benefit when we look into the world. There is mercy. We keep saying what he's saying. Sometimes we don't understand. But we want, like that man, we are taking off the jacket. I'm not opening the window. I'm not opening. Let us die here. They say time is passing. You know, this is November. People have started preaching uh, end of year miracle. By now, how many days is it to the end of year? Some people already know it. 50 50 what years? Your miracle in the next 55, they are deceiving you. Whether it's 55 days or 55 years, I will remain in him. For what shall separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Neither delay nor denial. Neither extension or whatever it is. I will remain in him. If it doesn't happen today, it will happen tomorrow. But I am in him. And the Bible says, in him, I'm not wanting. I'm complete. I am complete in him. I'm not waiting for something to happen in three days. Or before the end of 2019. I am complete in him. It's those who are not complete in him that step out. Praise the Lord, somebody. This is what it is. We are seated. A privileged position. God will not bring you to that position and keep anything good from you. Brother, God is not keeping any good thing from you. The Bible says, He that did not withhold his only begotten son, but gave him up freely for us all. He said, How shall he? Not with him, what, what? Give us also every good. God will not withhold. No. I know they are precious. But I'm telling you, any good thing necessary for you to fulfill destiny, God will not withhold it from you. He won't. Where you're being seated, it's easier for God to bless you in Guagualada than to sit you close by him everywhere. Do you get it? 
he told Moses, he said, let the children of Israel go. I'm angry with you, but you people go. Go to the promised land. Every promise is still there, but me, I will not go with you. When God is angry, he doesn't withhold his blessings. What he withholds is himself. But people tell us, ah, if you don't have them. No, when God was angry, scripture tells us, he said, I will not stay amongst you. But every blessing is still there. Why? Because in the New Testament, they told us that the good thing God has is his Holy Spirit. How shall the Father not give his Holy Spirit? So tonight, I want us to know and appreciate and thank God for this position, this high place he has seated us in. And refuse. When you go home, please, I don't have the time to look at it again. Nehemiah taught us the pattern. Nehemiah 6 verse 1 to 5. When you go home, read it. Nehemiah was doing a great work. A marvelous work. A miraculous work. And the enemies were planning everything that they could plan. <laughs> Nehemiah answered in verse 3. Which is what I want you to answer. In fact, verse 3 to 5. You can put 3 to 5. Put it for me. Nehemiah answered them and said, I sent messengers. Tonight, somebody needs to send some text messages. I'm not worried again. Somebody's mother is asking, when will the man come? Tell mama, mama, please, your own man has come, Abby. My man will come in God's time. Praise the Lord. I sent messengers to them saying what? I am doing what? A great work so that I cannot come down. I say you will not come down. You will not go down. You're seated together with him in heavenly places. You will not go down in the name of Jesus. Nothing will make you go down. Now look at what he says there. Now I like the four and five. He says, but they sent the same message. How many times? By the next verse, the, the fifth time came. The devil has no other strategy. <laughs> the, dev, the only strategy the devil has against your destiny, my sister, is to bring you out of Christ. It's not the economy. It's nothing else. Four times and the fifth time. The only way he could stop the work was for this man to come down. Let's rise on our feet. You're not going down. You're not going down. You're not going down. You're not going down. In the name of Jesus. You will put on the Lord Jesus. You will withstand the wiles of the devil. Your position in him will be secure. And the benefits will flow in due time. I want you to begin to declare concerning yourself. Some of us, you know what the temptation is. I will not go down. I will not. I will not change my confession. The Bible says, holding fast the confession of your faith or hope without wavering. I am blessed by God. It doesn't matter what you can see on me. God loves me. It doesn't matter what I'm driving. It doesn't matter whether I have a ring on my figure. I'm the beloved of the Lord. It doesn't matter my bank balance. Jehovah loves me. He said that to me clearly. I am not an afterthought. Before he formed me, he knew me. Listen, in 1950, in 1910, before many of us were born, God knew you. He chose you. You are a desire of God. He desired you and began to walk in you. Tonight, I want you to tell him, Lord, I thank you for the place that you have seated me. A place of honor. A place of privilege. A place of safety. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I'm blessed with the love of God. With the presence of God. With the fellowship of God. My name is in your book. He knows my name. 
He knows my name. When I call him, they don't say who is speaking. They say, welcome, Ikenna. They say, welcome, Femi. They use your name. They say, yes, I've been expecting you. Do you know the Bible says, God says to us, call on me. It's like the president saying, take my card, call on me. He said, call on me. He's expecting my call. He knows my name. I'm saved on his phone. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Thank you for this privilege. Thank you for this blessedness. Thank you for this honor. Thank you, O Lord. I will fly in the plane. I don't need to learn how to fly a plane. The plane is already provided. The pilot is already provided. My destiny is settled. I will get myself seated on board. A 12-hour flight, a 24-hour flight, I will get myself seated on board and I will sleep while my master takes me to my destination. Listen to me. God will surprise some of us because you will wake up and you will marvel at the glorious things that will be happening. It's like flying in the plane. You see, the last place you see is Abuja Airport. And then you wake up and they say, welcome to Ohio. <laughs> you wake up and they say, welcome to San Francisco. You don't know the way, but you are there. That's what happens when you're in Christ Jesus. You don't need to know the way. The way to the place. Because you know him who is the way. In Christ Jesus, destinies are fulfilled. Purposes are accomplished. God does mighty things. I don't ask questions. The, the, the last time I flew, let me tell you a joke. It's funny. The, the last time I flew, coming back from Accra to Nigeria, the pilot was telling us, we're taking off now and we'll turn right to Lome. And when we pass Lome, we'll make a little turn, you know, after Lagos. And then when we get, the man was talking, at Okene, we'll, we'll bend a little. That's what the pilot, he was, I told my this man is very funny. Because how do you turn right and left on end? But he was just, he, he, was, he was just trying to, you know, uh, amuse us. You see, I don't need to know the way. When I get on board, I eat my meat pie and I fall asleep. Because when I land, I will get off at my predetermined destination. God is going to bring you to your destination. His promises will come to fulfillment. He will finish the work he has started. He that began a good work in you. You see, he started it. You did not choose me. You did not analyze the options and select God. He selected you. He picked you up and he will bring you to that destiny. You will hold on. You will hold on. You will hold on. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Let's just appreciate the Lord. Let's bless the Lord. He's a marvelous God. He's a wonderful Savior. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikina Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.